Hi, and welcome to the Interactive Investor Podcast. My name is Gary McFarlane, the Cryptocurrency Analyst at Interactive Investor. And joining me today is Carl Turner, who is a business, Head of Business Development at Crypto Compare. For those of you who don't know, Crypto Compare are one of the market leaders in crypto data. I think it's fair to say yep. in the industry. I won't mention any of your competitors, but you are you are right up you are right up there with the best of them. Thanks. So thanks Happy for coming here. Yeah, thank you for thanks, having me. Thanks for coming in. Um, I wonder if you could just start off by just telling us a little bit about um, Crypto Compare when you started out sure. and um, how many users you have, the kind of metrics you might want to share with us. Sure. So Crypto Compare was founded in 2014. So initially, it was a way to track information. Well, I mean, it still is, but, you know, it was set up as a way to look into the crypto markets and get some information all in one place from these different exchanges, on these different coins, uh, on different mining equipment, really any info in crypto. We wanted to be the go-to spot, so Crypto Compare, very clever name. Um, and as we we built the business out, or as, as Charlie and Vlad built the business out. Charles uh, uh, Hater. Charles Hater and, uh, and Vlad Costa Cirio. Uh, uh, who are the co-founders? Um, as they built it out, you know the underlying data they were pulling in was, you know, turned out to be the really valuable part. So, in a nutshell, what we do is we aggregate data from 170 exchanges um, across crypto. I think it used to be up to, you know, it was 240 at one point, but a lot of those went defunct. Yeah. Um, and we're taking trade data, we're taking order book data, we're taking metadata, social data. Um, and building that into one API product so people can access mm. all this data via um, our APIs, they can buy, take it via some of our redistribution partners. And also with that data, we build some interesting views, we do some interesting research, and we also build indexes. So I was traditionally, I came from NSCI, just around the corner here, okay. um, yeah. working in the index market. So we've been building indexes that have been uh, used either for you know benchmarking um, or as use of uh, in the use of structured products or tradable products. So, yeah, yeah. that's a little bit about what we do. Okay. Um, from a retail perspective, um, I know you differentiate, differentiate from some of the opposition in, in the data feed world um, through your forums. So, but uh, if you go and look at a market, you'll yeah. see attached to that um, comments from others who are looking at the same yeah. markets. Um, does that work in terms of um, making your product a bit more sticky and in terms of engagement from I think that's what the, what made the website really popular so we have the underlying data the API that we're taking and that runs our website so all the prices you see on the screen that all comes from the API so we're actually one you know using our own API um, and then we built the interface right where people can go and interact and you know if anyone knows crypto it's um, typically the people commenting on this are retail focused and a little bit crazy um, yeah. And quirky, but it's uh, but it's fun, and that got us a lot of traction. Mm -hmm. um, so the website actually has around, uh, I think, over a million users now registered on the website, interacting on these forums. Okay. Um, the API itself, um, depending how you measure it, um, so it's built into a lot of different applications. The API itself, so mm -hmm. um, it can be at between ten and fourteen million IP addresses hitting it per month. Okay. So it's a lot of people, but you yeah. know that can be someone that has built a wallet. And one of their users is checking a price and it goes to our API, right? Or that can be someone directly using us, that can be us ourselves, that can be someone just building, you know, a spreadsheet, building yeah. it into that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's there's quite a few users on it. Um, 
The API was always free. Um, we switched yeah. to a freemium model recently, so we added some new API features behind that. Um, and that was in November last year. We've got about 250 paying clients now. Um, okay. And that ranges from you know websites just using it for charting to you know some large central banks and some of the biggest corporations in the world. So it's been pretty okay. exciting. Yeah. Which central banks are using your? Oh, I can't say. But, can't say. Uh, yeah, okay. but um, yeah, you know, is it? It's a great source of data for you know price, volume, trades. Yeah, no, um, definitely. And you know that's of interest to central banks. That's of interest to regulators that's of interest to you know we've hit a, a sweet spot with accounting firms there's mm. a lot of accounting firms using the api because we have a really good historical api so a lot of historical data and they can use that to um you know check the price mm. of someone that did a transaction back in the day um in all these niche assets so that's okay. been really good we're working with some of the big four now so you're moving into the kind of consultancy space in terms of your analytics products and um going out to people and offering your services in that kind of way I wouldn't say it's uh, I wouldn't say it's consulting. I mean, yeah. it's a uh, it's a function. You know, it's a pricing function that people can okay. build into their own products mm -hmm. um, that people can use to do their own research. I think going forward, right? The I'm just thinking in terms of other kind of revenue streams, so yeah, like events. Which I know there's, lot of, there's lot of, lots of events in um, the crypto space. <laughs> there's overpriced events. Never an end of events, um, right? the, I've seen the name on some of those events. Yeah, we do a conference. Yeah, we do a conference in London every year. So. Yeah. I'd say we have like data, um, data products, and then we have our media side of the business. So the website, okay. you know, has a lot of users, gets mm -hmm. a lot of traffic. Um, yeah. So we can do advertising promotions through there. We do a conference in London every year, um, which is really well attended. That's in March this year, um, up by Greenwich. Um, and then we have the data business, which is the API, and yeah. that is you know where we go into the you know some of the larger clients, the more corporate clients, and then we have data products or indexes yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. And the index business has been really good to us. Um, we got, we built a partnership with a company called MBIS. They're a subsidiary of Benek, which is a big asset manager in New York, and they're trying to do the Bitcoin ETF. But what we do is uh, white label indexes. Mm -hmm. We have a family of about 16 off-the-shelf indexes, and then we build um, white label custom indexes for people that want to launch tradable products. So one of our biggest clients is Amun. They're in Switzerland. They're building yeah. a lot of ETPs. Yeah. Um, NASDAQ has licensed eight indexes from us um, for some futures that they're going to launch hopefully uh, soon. Um, and there's a number of other ones. Uh, most recently, 3IQ. They're a Canadian uh, fund manager. Um, and they're going to launch a Bitcoin uh, traded fund on the TSX. So they chose okay. us for their benchmarks. So, okay. so yeah, it's like we have these three uh, kind of revenue streams. and. Previously, the retail, you know, advertising was by far the most lucrative, mm -hmm. right? During the craze, and you yeah, know, anyone will tell you that the yeah. exchanges, yeah. Um, certainly the the coins, yeah. they uh, they made out pretty well, or some of them did at yeah. least. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but relying on advertising on the internet is uh, yeah, putting, putting yeah. your fate in someone else's hands to some extent. Perhaps. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it it was all dependent on the interest in the market, right? Um, so, you know, that was very good for us and, you know, it gave us some good working capital and then we could build the data business out mm. and that's been progressing really nicely. So that's okay. exciting. Great. Um, so your, your core kind of business core competency is um, getting in the um, trading data from all the various exchanges mm -hmm. and about 170 you're saying? That, yeah, about 170 yeah. right now. Okay. Um, so how does how do you factor in the whole problem about manipulation of that trading data, <coughs> the so-called fake trading um, volumes that mm. um, we're told exist on many yeah. exchanges. There was uh, a Bitwise report 
Yeah. So it got some traction a while back, which claimed that 95% of reported volume on some other mm -hmm. um, data sites was totally wrong. Um, yeah. So I, how do you guys go about um, sifting? Yeah, it's a big it's a big problem. Yeah, that Bitwise report kind of opened the that number one. That was one of the best kind of like presentations I've ever seen. You know, mm. if I was a college professor, yeah, I would use that as an example of you know what you want your your PowerPoint. So someone there must have been an investment banker at some point. <laughs> but uh, but um, no, it's a, it's definitely a big problem. Um, mm -hmm. You know, their their report was definitely. Um, you know, they're trying to launch an ETF, right? So they want to show that markets are efficient in crypto. Exactly. So there's definitely a little bit of a, a tilt on their view there. Um, it's difficult, you know, there's fake volume, there's non-economic trading. Um, those were the two things they defined. They didn't really, or I can't remember if they really went into what was the split between the two, right? Because there's fake volume, right? Mm. There's people that will just report trades that didn't happen. There's yeah. changes yeah. all over. That will do that, and that's just outright fraud. Then there's like non-economic, right? That could be like the trans fee mining exchanges. That could be someone, you know, with a a, a bot, you know, just churning revenue or, or churning volume, you mm -hmm. know, to just add that volume to. So it's difficult to measure. So we're trying to move away, you know, at Crypto Comparable, we're trying to move away from volume as kind of the, the proxy for quality. Mm -hmm. um, so we take a holistic view of it. We okay. look at you know, a much of qualitative fact. We do a, a ranking of exchanges. We recently released our, our second iteration of this, but we look at quantitative and qualitative factors. So we look at the business as a whole. Yeah. Um, look at, you know, if that it's makes a real, sense. if it's a real, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you have to, right? Um, you know, the, the you know, coin market cap is the the big you know site that everyone goes to. to I wasn't going to mention them, but you've mentioned them now. So well, you, you know, <laughs> they're kind of the, joking. They're um no they're uh you know they have a great front end and you know mm -hmm. that, they were the first and a lot yeah. of people use them right, but all these exchanges you know they had a lot of incentive to gain the volume system and get to the top of that ranking right mm -hmm. and then they can charge these token projects a lot of money yeah so, um and you know, coin market cap you know didn't really do anything about it right because they were making a lot of money um and, you know, um, I would say like everyone in the industry probably has a little blood on their hands you know yeah. <laughs> to a degree but um. You know, we're trying to just look at the um, the businesses as a whole now, right? And we still look at the you know the market quality, um, what the spreads are, what the volatility is on these exchanges, how much volume there is, you know, yes, yeah. or how much Bitcoin there is. It, it, as far as you can tell the, from, from the outside looking in. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, I mean, depends on the level of supervision that's going on. Yeah, yeah. Some um, exchanges will have. Um, like some Gemini, for example, they'll mm. take uh, trade monitoring. I think, you know, watch trading happens in other industries as well. Um, probably not to the extent that it does in crypto. You know, if 95% is an accurate figure or not, I don't know. Um, mm. But there's definitely a lot of uh, volume out there that's reported that isn't happened. So okay. one thing we, um, we don't take, you know, I think, and this is a difference between us and some of the competitors, is that we'll only take tick data from exchanges. So the actual reported trades. Um, which are hard, a little harder to fake, um, you know, versus, you know, an exchange that's so by tick data, does, does that mean that actually, those are trades that have definitely gone through? Those are trades that have been, yes, and exactly. been fulfilled. Yeah, exactly. Work. They're coming through the API as, um, as trades reported, right? Um, and you can do some cross analysis through order books with that and see if they did happen or not. Yeah. Um, but a lot of exchanges, you know, and a lot of the ones in the top 20 on CMC will be, 
uh, they'll just offer kind of like price and volume, you know, and you can't test it. Mm -hmm. So we don't take exchanges that do that um, because there's no way to validate it. Um, But it's a big problem. No, we're looking at some different ways that we can uh, and working with a couple um, academics to find ways to define this. Okay. Mm. Can you say who you're working with? Uh, No, 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 that's fair enough. Um, what was that? I'm not so sure. I think that's my Mac. <laughs> um, so how can exchanges improve or how can the industry more generally improve? Do you think um, it's going to take regulation from the outside, really? Um, <clears throat> because the industry's had quite a lot of time to start trying to clean up its act and yeah. it hasn't really been doing so. Um, or is it down to the clients, the consumers who are using for various exchanges to start to get themselves educated and stick with the places where they know yeah. there isn't anything I strange think, going on. I think to a degree, a lot of the people that are serious in the market, you know, I think a lot of the riffraff has got kind of weeded out and the people that are serious in the market know they're getting exchanges to this point, right? Yeah. So um, the, I think regulation will help, right? What kind of regulation that is, you know, is it gonna stifle these exchanges or is it going to, you know, you know, the goal of regulation is to protect investors in financial markets, you know, and sometimes that can be counterproductive to, you know, the businesses that are running. Um, I think, yeah, I think in terms of that, um, security, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm just looking at my phone here. Um, I think that, Improving security is big for these exchanges. Um, that is, you know, it's kind of the honeypot syndrome, yeah. right? So these exchanges, um, if they want any like serious asset managers or, or traders, that, you know, from traditional financial markets, they're going to have to have serious security involved. Um, but I think exchanges have improved a great deal um, recently, so that's positive. Yeah. Is that all good? So I'm just going to hit my the volume on the Mac, but hey, I guess we can live with it. Um, so when you say that you're looking at this, the state of uh, of uh, exchange in terms of the whole business, mm-hmm. um, from the outside, what would that involve? Checking out the the team on LinkedIn or uh, yeah. their social media. How many people are yeah. using, so, um, so, interacting so, with the firm to yeah. see how real they are. Yeah. So what we look at um, first, we look at legal and regulation. So where is the exchange registered? Is there regulation in that jurisdiction? And there's a number of different factors in this. So these are the seven factors in our benchmarking. Um, next, we look at data provision. Do they make trade data available? Order book data available? Do they have a functional API? Uh, what's the response time on that API? Um, then we'll look at security. What kind of security measures they have in place um, mm-hmm. on the exchange to protect the assets of the people trading there? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, we look at the team. We look at the exchange itself, the business. Can you actually find? Well, maybe you can't find an address, you know, and, and that's not uncommon in crypto. But can you find mm-hmm. like a registered business? Can you find members of the team on LinkedIn? Right? If an exchange is doing 1.4 billion in volume, and you can find one person working there, um, you might think, hey, that's a bit odd. <laughs> Um, but you know, in this, you know, the, the benchmarking isn't perfect, right? Cause I know that Kraken is in exchange. It doesn't want people on LinkedIn. You know, I've, I've known that from, is that right? oh, okay. yeah, I've known that from this, just discussions with them. So again, some of these things are imperfect. Mm-hmm. Um, investment have there been like a investment is one of the, the categories. So has a big VC gone in and invested in it. You know, we, the assumption there is that these VCs do serious due diligence, um, 
and you know that's a sign of you know an exchange being legitimate. Um, then we look at if there's trade monitoring. So, uh, like what I said, if there's if they're employing some internal trade monitoring, <coughs> or if they have an external product like Nasdaq Smarts is, is using Gemini, I believe. Um, and then market quality um, is another thing we look at. So spreads, um, volatility, um, and things like that. So the actual you know liquidity on the market. So it's all those functions that we look at. Okay, um, so regulation is coming down the line, or more regulation. We really mm -hmm. have some kind of semi-regulated exchanges, I guess you can mm -hmm. call them, um, the Coinbase is of this world, um, mm -hmm. that have e-money licenses and so forth. Yeah. And the Gemini you mentioned. Um, and they're perhaps seen as best of breed um, in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, and do you see the regulators coming in uh, something that's going to raise costs for lots of exchanges and we're going to see some kind of consolidation perhaps taking place. Um, I think so. I think that's what that, would, that, would that probably be a good thing for your, your ordinary um, trader? I, it's so or hard will to that, Will it reduce the competition? It's, and, yeah, it's, it's so difficult to say. You know, you, you'd think there are 240 exchanges, you know, for you know, or however many there are, I don't even know at this point for, you know, what is primarily just Bitcoin trading is a little too much, right? It's a small asset class crypto um, compared to traditional asset classes. So you would expect some consolidation, but you know, a lot of these exchanges I think are running on skin and bones as it is. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe they're kind of efficient. I, it's, I think a little bit of regulation, I, I think some exchanges might, you know, not even want the regulation at this point, right? Because they can make more money, um, you know, operating in these kind of jurisdictions where the regulation is a bit lax or there is no regulation, so it's difficult to say. But I think consolidation is something you'd expect. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're seeing it maybe in the in some of the bigger exchanges acquiring uh, different businesses, right, mm -hmm. to try and diversify. Uh, you know, like say Coinbase getting some custody businesses or Binance acquiring a futures businesses. So it's happening a little bit already. Mm -hmm. Whether these exchanges merge their liquidity pools, uh, no, I can't really say. Yeah, yeah. Um, does crypto compare, do you have an operation in uh, other offices in other parts of the world? Yeah, we have an office in uh, Lisbon as well. In Lisbon, okay. Yeah, so that's all our, uh, our content guys. Yeah. out there um okay. they're pretty instrumental in keeping the website up to date mm -hmm. getting a lot of the research that goes into these reports mm -hmm. um because uh, a lot of it is just you know they either do like scraping or they get it manually mm -hmm. so it can be very intensive um we have some guys in germany as well but i don't think okay. they actually have an office i think just so in, in asia is the site available in multiple languages i should really know this but um <laughs> yeah no it's not at the it's moment not, no yeah. we looked Are you at planning one, to look at that we looked at one point into doing that um mm. it's not in the short term yeah. or, or okay. really medium term plans okay. um, but you still have a lot of users presumably in asia but the primarily it's in uh europe, it is US, mostly yeah. europe yeah, so. we do have some in um in asia as well okay yeah probably like 10 to 20 percent of the traffic comes from there right okay um, so just uh, talking about regulation again, um, do you see licensing as a, a way to weed out the charlatans in the industry? Maybe it's not your place to say, I don't know, but um, licensing. it seems to me very, uh, yeah, the, in terms like of like in Japan, yeah, in Japan they did it, but it didn't stop 
um, various exchanges still getting hacked so they yeah. obviously didn't have very good security even though they were licensed so it's not a guarantee yeah but um for the little people looking for an exchange to um do business on uh having a license from the government or mm -hmm. uh, government regulator would be a yeah, I useful think thing perhaps from different discussions i've had right sometimes regu being regulated doesn't at this mm. point in time doesn't really matter right mm. um and certainly the unregulated exchanges you know operating in some places in asia um you know they can get away with a lot more um i think in the long term it's a good thing i think you know you want to be taken seriously in the long mm. term and you know we haven't seen that flow of institutional investment yet um from traditional financial markets you know and i think we're still really a ways away from that um so being regulated I don't know if it's as important at the moment. Mm. I think certainly, you know, it looks good and it says you're serious business. Mm. Um, I think there's value in that for exchanges. Whether, you know, the customer that's trading is gonna value that, I don't know. Mm. It's a little difficult to say. So with um, the likes of Bact and um, mm. Fidelity, setting mm. up their Fidelity asset um, business, um, you mentioned institutions and the onboarding into the industry. Mm. You see that as the beginning, are we at an inflection point? Because um, we've heard a lot about institutional money coming in. Um, that people said yeah. it was, well, it had already started to happen, which is why the price started to move back up um, earlier this year. It's now going in the opposite direction, it seems. Mm. But um, what, how do you guys see it in terms of your yeah. feeds going out to various institutions? So that means that the interest is there, but not necessarily converting quite yet into their customer bases yeah. buying. Yeah, from our perspective, right, we get a lot of, um, so we have a partnership with NASDAQ and uh, Refinitiv where we distribute some of our aggregate data through their channels. And Refinitiv, it was kind Refinitiv of Reuters is, bit yeah. that they sold off, or was it it's, rebadged? It's, it's Reuters, it's it financial Reuters, business yeah, just of Reuters, yeah, it's just been rebranded, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. So we have some data streaming <clears> through their ICON terminal, so just some top-level aggregate real-time data. Uh, we're going to expand that soon. Um, but they get a lot of interest from their clients, but you know, it's mainly just, and those are, you know, those are the big asset managers, you know, of the world and yeah. a lot of hedge funds, mm -hmm. um, but they're mainly just SNPs at this point. Um, um, on the NASDAQ side, there's a lot of hedge funds that are looking at the data as well. So that's been a little better. Um, but I think back Fidelity, I think Fidelity solves kind of the custody problem or, or hopefully will yeah. the, the counterparty risk of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if a big fund or asset manager or, institutional investor, you know, wants, um, you know, they want a, a counterparty for their custody that they know, right? Yeah. One of the big five or the big 10. Um, and, you know, I've spoken to some banks here and they said, that's a major, major thing. Um, they're not going to put their money on, you know, some startup, which could be a very legitimate business. Um, and, you know, um, I think a lot of them are, you know, there's some people that are doing really good work in the Bitcoin custody space, but, um, you know, these larger institutions are used to something, right? They're used to these uh, custodians, you know, with um, with serious balance sheets. So, yeah. so, and I think Fidelity, you know, obviously Fidelity is one of those companies. And with BACT, um, you know, they're intercontinental exchange, right? So they have a lot of potential. They have a lot of money behind them. Yeah. Um, they're rolling out some really, you know, institutional grade products, which is ultimately going to be good. I read today that they're going to be doing cash settled futures now as well okay. um as well as they're physically it, settled physically Bitcoin. settled initially um, now yeah. they're going to do cash out okay. they're looking at doing options 
But these are all, you know, normal instruments in traditional financial markets. Yeah. So I think that'll be a good thing for the, for the space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just kind of um, moving out to <coughs> what your customers are doing, um, what they're looking at, what have been the most popular um, markets that people, other than Bitcoin, obviously, mm -hmm. BTC, USD, I guess is the yeah. most important. Um, what have the other coins are bubbling up below the radar? Or I know people are saying, well, the old coin thing isn't really happening at the moment because yeah. everyone's been concentrating on um, Bitcoin and that's where the action has been. But do you see any other coins that have been coming up? I know there's been a lot of talk about Chainlink, for example. Yeah, well. Chainlink's interesting and actually yeah. they're, they're using our API and we're one of the pricing providers on their, their uh, Oracle. And they've had a, yeah, they've had a lot of success. I think, like you said, I think it's primarily Bitcoin, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, you know, personally I focus on most because yeah. that's the one that makes the most sense for me. Yeah. Um, some of the stable coins are interesting. Mm. Um, you know, for our tax clients, it's a wide mm. range of stuff, right? Because yeah. they're working for, you know, high frequency traders or professional traders. Um, mm. So they have a lot of kind of niche requests. Um, BNB is really interesting, mm -hmm. um, you know, because Binance is such a behemoth yeah. as its own ecosystem. Um, but, you know, it's, I mean, the majority of it is BTC and ETH. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And that's like, that's where all the volume is, right? Yeah, okay. Um, stable coins has um, mm. been getting a lot of interest after um, the Libra launch or attempted launch, probably better way of putting it. Um, and Tether, the, all the shenanigans behind the scenes um, that's going on there. How do you see that impact in the, the industry? Is it a good thing overall, or is it uh, a bit of a diversion and taking us away from the original vision of? Um, digital cash that Bitcoin was trying to be. That seems to have um, mm. gone into abeyance. <laughs> no one's really talking about that anymore. And it's more of a digital gold approach in terms yeah. of Bitcoin. Um, and then stable coins, you know, they're backed by uh, collateral from another asset class, which is kind of sh shows up the weakness of the whole crypto space, some people would argue. Um, and really, you're not going to be able to go, not going to go much further than stable coins in terms of being able to use crypto in the real, <coughs> real world. It's mm. the only way to tackle the volatility. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of one side of the argument. The other side says, well, actually, it's all good for crypto because it just means more people know about cryptocurrencies because of Libra, even if it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, central bank digital currencies, okay, that's not what public blockchains are meant to be about, but. Yeah, but yeah, again, yeah, yeah. it still does popularize the idea in people's minds. Yeah. So, which way, which side of the argument would you go with? It's or, tricky, right? I mean, Libra is doesn't really sound like a crypto no. currency, right? It's it's basket uh, pegged to a basket of currencies. Yeah. You know, it's permissioned. Uh, everything is well. It's controlled by the the Libra Foundation, um, which is about thirty people, and they say maybe they can open this ledger up, but um it's got the name cryptocurrency now and then the the congressmen and congresswomen who like to roast uh facebook have, have latched on to crypto for it now so i think it's a good thing i think you know yeah watching i, some I think of, i tend to agree with you on that. yeah watch, <clears throat> watching some of those hearings mm. um there were some people just trying to get their jibs in right mm -hmm. and then there were some people that actually serious. were very serious yeah. about it yeah and i think that's you know if if libra has done nothing more than educate people and, and get them to start taking this seriously and regulators you know being one of them mm -hmm. you know there are a couple 
congressman on there. Brad Sherman's one that jumps out. The guy from... He wants to ban Bitcoin. The guy from California who said, you know, Bitcoin was worse than 9-11. He's obviously not a fan, um, but there's some others that are looking at it. And I think, you know, one of them said to to Zuckerberg, why don't you just use Bitcoin for this? Mm. Um, And I think Bitcoin is far far enough along at this point where it can Mm. be, you know... it's, it's sort of out of the danger zone from governments, um, but no, I think in general it's a good thing for it. Yeah. I think yeah, stable coins are are bringing a lot of interest from from the the higher bees in government. So yeah, good. Um, Bitcoin price predictions. I always ask people <laughs> this. I know everyone yeah. outside of this room is always very interested in um, where we where we're at. Um, I think we've just broken below seven thousand. Yeah, we did today. To, um, someone yesterday, and we've just broken below eight thousand. So here we are again. It's a, it's a grim volatility day. time. It's a grim day. Yeah. Um, so is it a buying opportunity? I think you know my personal feeling. I guess these are always you know guessing the price yeah. is, a, is a is a fool's game, yeah. but. Um, I think in you know two to three years, I could see it two to three x where it is right now, um, and you know that's that's not far off where it was at one point. So mm. that's not necessarily a bold prediction. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, you, don't, you don't. I hope it's more than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hold any store by the, the silly numbers that um, people come up with. A million, a quarter of a million, all stuff on you know, the basis are, of uh, extrapolation from yeah. the amount of cash you would need to yeah. keep the US economy going would be X, and therefore Bitcoin must go to this price in order for yeah. one Satoshi to be equal to one dollar and one kind of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Everyone has their way of looking at it, and it's it's just it's so difficult to say, right? Like, all right, the supply is decreasing. Um, it would appear there's a lot more interest in the space, and I, I think that's fair to say, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be you know building the the infrastructure and the pipes around it, or whether it's just a crypto hype machine, but there seems to be more interest in it, um, and increasing interest and decreasing supply should equal a price going yeah. up. But this is Bitcoin, yeah. So who knows? There's lots of moving parts to consider. <laughs> I think is the best way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, just to kind of tie things up, what are the next moves for Crypto Compare? What can we look out for in terms of improvements to the, the mm. website, new partnerships? What do you, what do you, yeah, we, you might be able to divulge? Yeah, we'll have some, uh, we'll have some exciting index developments coming out uh, with some new partners, hopefully pretty soon. Um, so that's been going good. I think in terms of new data, we want to add, we want to look at derivatives and lending. Mm. Hopefully, we'll have those up and running by Q1. Okay, the sort of staking coins where you get paid interest for holding. Is that what we cover those. About? We cover those coins, mm. but some of the people that are doing Bitcoin lending. Um, oh, okay. We want to kind of be a hub of data for that. Um, derivatives definitely is, is probably the top thing on our list right now. Um, there were some changes to our back, and we had you know mm. we always did spot. We did some of the Bitmex stuff as well, but um, adding new data sets um, and then allowing third parties to kind of integrate their data mm-hmm. into our distribution channels. So these are things that we're going to be working on. Um, but, you know, it's a small startup. Things can change quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's been very fun there. Yeah, great. Well, thank you very much, yeah. uh, Carl, for coming in to talk to us. And uh, hopefully you can take some time to come and see us again in a year's time and see where we are in the market. <laughs> yeah, see if that price more... prediction ranks. Yeah, see if that, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking so. for that times three. Cool. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thanks Carl. a lot. Cheers. Cheers.